from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hello, and welcome to Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I am Steve, as always, joined by... Devin. Joe. And this week, we are bringing you yet another mystery. Weird. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of what we do. What? It's a super creepy mystery. I wouldn't say creepy. Well, weird. Really. It's, a but... little, it's a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Unlike the kind of mysteries we usually do, which are totally normal all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing to yeah, see just... here. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along, yep. please. All right. Well, today's story is about the disappearance of Sneha Phillip, and it was suggested by Lindley on Facebook. Oh, thanks, Lindley. When this was initially suggested, it's a it's a really intriguing story and really interesting. But I I was initially hesitant to to cover this story. I remember. Well, yeah. I mean, we had a conversation mm -hmm. as a team, and I I actually had a lo quite a long conversation with uh, the folks on the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. They they talked to me about it, and eventually they convinced me that it was okay to go ahead and cover it. Why? Uh, why is it you just sensitive about nine eleven issues? Well, yeah, that's exactly. It. It is because oh. this story does deal with 9/11, and mm. it's considered one of the you know one of the greatest tragedies or attacks in this country. 9/11. Yes, mm. you know it's it's something that is still sensitive 14 years later. Mm. So I'm going to preface 
the story by saying that what we're going to talk about deals with 9-11, and it's, it's pretty evolved in the events of September 11th, 2001. We're not going to talk about that as much. It's just bits of the story that are going to touch on it. So yeah. if you're sensitive about it for whatever reason. I, I yes, think, be aware know, of that. I don't think our sense, our, our listeners are really all that sensitive, so I think it's going to be fine. It, it's, there are people who are involved that it is still a painful topic to deal with, and so mm. I just want to put that out there yeah so let's let's go ahead and let's start talking about our story okay we're going to talk about sneha philip sneha was born in 1969 in india and then with her family she moved to the united states she wanted to study medicine and so she decided to go to the chicago school of medicine and she started there in 1995 while she was there, she met a young man named Ron Lieberman. She would eventually marry him five years later. After they graduated, both of them land. He was also uh, a school uh, a student at that same school, so he was medicine. training to be a doctor. He okay. wanted to go into medicine. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they landed internships both in New York City. Ron had his internship at the Jacoby Medical Center in the Bronx. Sneha got hers at the Cabrini Medical Center. All right. So they, they're going to be doctors. They've got, they move to New York. They get an apartment. All is well and good. Sounds like they had a cool apartment, too, right down the Battery. I mean, yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it? no, it was, it was, it's a great neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, I, I did a little, I pulled a Joe, I did a little bit of cruising around on Google Maps. Weird. Mm-hmm. I know, he, he, he's rubbing off on us. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to start our story on the afternoon of September 10th, 2001. Ron left for work on that afternoon, and Sneha, she had the day off. So according to what's available, she was in the apartment for most of the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had a conversation with her mom online that lasted for two hours. Like Skype or like chatting? It was a messenger. Okay. It was a messenger conversation. Yeah, I guess 2001 it was, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think it was probably AOL Instant Messenger, (laughs) Microsoft Messenger. Sometimes I forget what it was like in those days. (laughs) I don't know what it was like in those days. You know, no, you I mean, I do like remember. Like I was a, I was a freshman, so I, I was kind of in the thick of it, and I sometimes I forget. Just the other day, I was thinking, God, what was the email address I had before I had Gmail? It wasn't that long ago that Gmail came into existence. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she so she has this uh, she has this two hour conversation with her mom. Okay, sorry. Okay, and then she apparently decided to go shopping. This is based on charges that are on her husband's American Express card and security footage of her, which the security footage was found later. Okay, but she went to a Century Twenty One which this particular store was across the street from the World Trade Center. It's not the movie theater. Okay, sorry. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a store. It's oh, not okay. the real estate thing either? It's, not... uh, it's, it's a store. Yeah. It's a okay. store. Got because she, she bought, like, bedding and shoes. Okay. I think she bought lingerie, too. Like, so it's yeah. a full-on. Right yeah. Like a department store. It's a full-on department okay. store. Okay. I've never heard of Century 21 before this, yeah. but... There you go. But, but yeah, so she, she did all of this, and based on the timestamp when she paid for all of her purchases with the American Express, she finished up around 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Ron, her husband, says that he got home that night 
around midnight. Uh, he'd had a long day at work. He gets home. His wife's not there. But based on everything that I've read from him, that wasn't ex- totally out of the ordinary. She was known to go out and then decide to stay with family members. So mm-hmm. her yeah. brother or, or a cousin or somebody. New York is big. It's hard to get around sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I can go here that's 10 blocks away rather than the mm-hmm. 30, 50 blocks I got to go home. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't abnormal. And he has said that, well, I, I guess that, you know, he got home that night and said, well, I guess that's something we got to talk about again because the deal was between the pair that she was supposed to call home mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm staying at my brother's house or I'm staying at so-and-so's house. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I think that's fair. That does sound reasonable. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Ron wakes up the next morning, it's September 11th. His wife's still not home, mm-hmm. but he's got an eight o'clock meeting. So he gets up at, I think it's six or 6.30. He's got to take the, the, the subway to get to work. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour commute or something. So mm-hmm. he's got to go. She's not home. He goes to work. Well, if you know anything about September 11th, as of 8.46 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, that's when American Airlines Flight 11 flew into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. And to put it lightly, that's when chaos ensued. Mm-hmm. I mean, things, yeah, yeah, things went crazy after that. Ron, he calls Sneha several times over the course of the day, but she never answers. And that's calling home at the apartment or calling her cell phone? I can't answer that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, I'm under the impression that he was calling the house because she was supposed to be at home because she had both the 10th and the 11th off. So presumably he was expecting her to have gone home, but I don't know that she had a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, it's, she could have been home. She could have had a cell phone. I think the other thing to keep in mind is because it was September 11th, almost literally everybody in America was calling almost literally anybody they knew in New York or who might be in New York trying to get a get hold a, of them. They did get a bit Lines clogged. did get really clogged and yeah. did a lot of calls just didn't go through. And if, you know, their home line, they didn't have an answering machine or whatever. He could have tried and tried and tried and not realized that it wasn't connecting. Yeah, or, quite possibly. You know, or whatever. No, no, that's that's a that's a very valid point. Well, let's see. What, so we're we're into the afternoon of September 11th. He's at work. The, the hospital had been in huge preparations for all of the wounded that were going to come in from the World Trade Center, which didn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he gets he takes off from work and what does he do? He goes to the hospital that she works at, which was on Staten Island, right? Yes, yeah. it, it was. And I'm guessing that his idea was that she must have seen what was going on and said, "I got to get to work. I've got to help." Yeah, a lot but, of people did that. Yeah. in those professions, absolutely. There's an interesting not to you know go too much into the 9/11 situation, but you know Steve Buscemi, the actor, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh He was a firefighter before he was an actor. He worked for the um, New York Fire Department, and he actually like went back to his old fire station and geared up and went in and was like saving people that was a thing everybody mm. was doing right yeah it, even if yeah. you had no training you were they were jumping in trying to help where they oh could, yeah so. there's there were people running and doing it's everything totally they could. reasonable for him to say oh she's a caring person she probably went to work because she thought that yeah. people would be there mm-hmm. yeah. except she wasn't there 
Okay. So what he he then decides, okay, I'm going home, which is the next logical course of action when you can't find your wife and the, the city is literally in flames and everything is going crazy. Yeah. He I think what he did is he he hopped a ride with an ambulance that was heading towards the towers. Traffic was so bad. I think it took him like six hours to get there. That wouldn't surprise me at no. all. No. He somehow managed, I, I think he, he borrowed or stole a bike to get the last bit of distance there. He gets to the apartment building, but he can't get in to the building itself because the electricity is off oh. and the automatic locks on the door are locked. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's, you know, he, he's trying to figure out what to do. He sees somebody has a candle uh, burning in a window, uses a flashlight, gets their attention, gets that neighbor to open the window and shouts at him and says, can you go to this apartment, knock on the door? Is there anybody home? That person goes and nobody's there, comes back to the window and says, nobody's there. At that point, Ron's got no choice. He's got to find somewhere else to stay. And so he went and he stayed with a friend that night. The next morning or the next day, he, he comes home. This is now the 12th of September. He can get into the building this time. Power's back on. Power's back on. Mm -hmm. So he gets into the building. He goes to his apartment. He walks in and he, nobody's there. And it's obvious that nobody's been there because the windows had been left open and the apartment is full of soot. Mm, right. Of course it is. So it, yeah. it would be very obvious somebody's home because there would be footprints. Yeah. The only footprints in the place are from their cats. Okay. Yeah. Two little kittens who were obviously yeah. having a high old time in the dust. Probably. Apparently. They're probably a little hungry, though, by the time you got home. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So that is the end of what we know officially about Sneha. She was seen on the 10th. As of the 11th, nobody has seen her. And as of the 12th, we've really got confirmation nobody. she's not home. Mm -hmm. Probably goes without saying, her, Ron, her husband, and her family, they go nuts. They want to find her. They're putting flyers up all over the city. I think they printed 5,000 flyers with her name and information and photos on it. They're plastering those all over. But of course, those kind of flyers are all over at that time because people are trying to find everybody that yeah. they, they can't locate. There were a lot of missing people. Yeah. Ron then sees, wait, there's reporters everywhere. I'm going to go talk to the reporters and I'm going to get their help to get this story out there to find my wife. Except he quickly discovers that the reporters are not interested as soon as they find out that she went missing on the 10th. So he's kind of frustrated and he gets a bright idea. He calls Sneha's brother, John, and he says, Hey, John, talk to the reporters, but don't tell them what day she went missing. As a totally off topic aside, what kind of jerk parents are like, Okay, daughter, we're going to name you Sneha. Okay, son, you can be John. Yeah. Yeah, she had a very traditional name. Come on, guys. Yeah, I don't Come know. Maybe, I was wondering about that, too. It's possible that he was born in the U.S. He was younger than her. And then mm, that's maybe, true. And yeah, I, or it's I, possible he changed his name to John. I, well, yeah, I don't know what their ages are relative to yeah. each other. I know she was born in India. He may have been born in the States. It's hard to say. Yeah. Or, as Joe said, he may have just gone by John. Yeah, yeah. also true. But 
sorry. This well, yeah, no, but but the, the thing is, the plan didn't go according to plan. Uh-huh. Because yeah, he's as, a little bit. I, as I, I, soon yeah. as John got on camera, he took the story even farther and told reporters that on the morning of the 11th, he was on the phone with his sister when. American Airlines 11 hit the tower, the North Tower, and she said, I've got to go. I've got to help, which is what a doctor would do. And she hung up and he said that was the last time that he talked to her. (sighs) Yeah. Totally not true. A little bit of embellishment there, but understandable. Genuinely not true, right? Genuinely not true. He said, oh, just kidding. Well, later on he admitted it was was not true, but it, it, it backfired so badly. Yeah. It blew up in their faces because, of course... The New York Police Department won't do anything. I mean, they're inundated with a whole mess of work to take care of now, but they won't look into it because he said she was she went to the towers. At the time, Ron had filed a missing persons report for Sneha. There were nine thousand missing person reports mm-hmm. oh, yeah. in New York after after everything happened on nine eleven. There was bad reporting in the police department. They found out multiple people were listed multiple times, all this stuff. And there was a few fraudulent cases of missing person reports. But they didn't do anything because they just presumed that she was in the tower. Yeah. I mean, not only fraudulent, but also, you know, you have all of those people who freak out. They're, you know, in Oregon and their daughter is in New York City and the towers collapsed and they couldn't get a hold of her the three times they called on the exact day within, you know, two hours, even though they heard that the phones were jammed and she must be dead somewhere. So she's, you know, and it turns out she calls them an hour later and says, hi, mom, dad, I'm I'm fine. And they just don't bother to call and get her taken off. Yeah. I mean, it's understandable. It's total panic. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean total panic mode i get why people do it it but unfortunately it made things so much harder for the oh, yeah. nypd oh yeah the, the family they know or they 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 believe at this point that sneha is not in the ruins of the north tower or the south tower the family went ahead and they hired a private investigator to try and figure out all of Sneha's actions on that day, on the day of the 10th. They hired a guy by the name of Ken Gallant. He was formerly of the FBI. Sure. And he did he did a ton of legwork in trying to find her. And he did he found some great stuff. But I was also a little surprised. He recommended to the family, who then flew this person in from Pennsylvania, a psychic. Mm-hmm. Always which a useful thing to do. Question, to me, it raised a little bit of a red flag on him. But, but what he did find is he was able to track down video footage of her. Uh, there are two different pieces of video of her from that day uh, after she left the apartment. One of which, as we talked about just briefly before, is the video of her at Century 21, where she's shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, shy, when, when she's on the video, she's in the coat section trying on different coats. 
There is also a video from the inside of the apartment building's entry on the Mm. 11th. But that one is not confirmed her, right? It is not confirmed her. What it is, is the sun is shining through the windows in the entry enough that it is bleaching out according to what they, what Gallant and Ron are saying to the point that they can't get a lot of details. They see a woman, she's got the same hairstyle, about the same build, appears to be wearing kind of the same outfit and has the same mannerisms as Sneha, but they can't confirm that. But this person, this woman, walks up to the elevator, pushes the button, waits a minute, and then turns around and walks out of the building. The timestamp on that video roughly corresponds to when the North Tower was hit. Yeah. So it, it, in a way, it supports the idea that she ran to the tower after everything happened. Yeah, it does, except it wasn't necessarily her because she wasn't carrying any bags. Where she should have been carrying bags, because she she still hadn't brought home all the stuff that she'd bought. That is true if she'd come straight from the store, but we're talking... She went somewhere and spent Well, plus hours later, she might have mm. left them somewhere. Yeah. I totally get where you're going with that, Joe, is that there's this piece where if she bought all this stuff at Century 21, where's it at? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this person, theoretically, should be carrying those same articles that were purchased. You would think. Yeah. Well, unless, you know, she was kind of, she was a young woman, right? She was in her 20s. Uh, she was 31, I believe. So, yeah. So, you know, you go out because she would have gone out, right? If she'd stayed at somebody's house, she probably was out late. So you go out, you wake up the next morning, you're kind of hungover, and you just say to your brother or friend who you see all the time, you say, I'm going to go home. You just, I'll get this stuff later from you next time I see you or whatever. I'm just going to walk home, try and clear my mind or whatever. And you make it back to your apartment and you don't have bags. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's a totally reasonable thing. That's entirely plausible. Yeah. You know, or maybe but... she was buying it for a gift or, you know, there's a lot of reasons she could not have that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and and as, as far as the, you know, her turning and leaving about when the, the plane hit the tower, it doesn't. that also doesn't really point towards it being Sneha either. No, but anybody, it, hearing, anybody hearing that hearing would that, leave, yeah. That enormous noise would go outside to see what what it was. Yes, mm-hmm. and so if she, she hears that enormous noise and she goes outside, she sees what, gets an idea what's going on, based on her training, we can presume that she would have run to assist. It seems like, though, that the investigator and Ron, how large a apartment complex are we talking like thousands of people hundreds of people do you know i you know it seems like the sort of thing you would circulate and say hey is this you to rule other people out here's here's the odd bit the odd bit is that the pi did all of his work and he gave a report to ron Ron won't release that report so this these this footage of this woman in the entry I I can't, nobody's seen it. You can't see the video. You can't see stills from it because he's got it under lock and key. It's, that's odd because it's not like he owns it. Yeah. He paid for it. So he still doesn't own it. Well, he doesn't own the footage, but I'm sure that by the time all this came out, the apartment building probably didn't have the footage anymore. But again, this is another thing that I'm going to call out as a red flag. Mm-hmm. This stands out to me is a really odd bit of information. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There uh, there must have been something kind of 
bad in that report if he didn't want to release it. Would lead me to think that. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's keep moving on down with the events. We're still moving kind of a chronological order of, sure. of what goes on with the story. Initially, Sneha was listed as one of the victims of the World Trade Center collapse. There, w- but because there was no evidence to substantiate that, in terms of nobody could physically say they saw her go there and they didn't mm-hmm. find a body, she was removed from that list in January of 2004. And the law in New York says that the date of a person's death will be set at three years from the last time they were seen alive when they go missing. Sure. Which means that officially, after she had been removed from the list, her date of having died was September 10th, 2004. Hmm. Ron appealed the decision. He tried to keep her on the list, but uh, there another judge denied that appeal in November of 2005. That prevented him from having access to the victim's compensation fund, which had been set up to help people whose family members had been killed, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, from a financial perspective. According to to Ron, he wanted access to that fund because he wanted to set up a memorial fund in his wife's name. Here's here's the thing. She's a 31-year-old woman who's going to be a doctor, very young, Mm -hmm. high-paid profession. He stood to get about three to four million dollars. Hey, what the heck? I'd do it. It's a, it's a hefty little chunk it's of money. A, that's a yeah. That's a that's a sizable bit of cash. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um. He 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 never he never got anything out of the victims compens or the yeah victims compensation fund. In 2008, a, a panel of judges overturned the ruling in 2005 and changed her official date of death back to September 11th, 2001. But by that time, of course, the fund had long since closed oh, to yeah. taking applications. Of so it had, yeah. he couldn't get anything from it. According to Ron, the money didn't matter. What he wanted was his wife's name to be recognized among the victims. So she is now officially listed as one of the 2,753 people who died that day. Not counting hijackers. This is this is American citizens American, only. Yeah. yeah, the hell with the hijackers. <laughs> well, yeah, so so he, he he at least got her on that. There's in at the memorial, her name is listed. It's interesting that he said that he just wanted her name on the list, even though they got a private investigator and none of them really believed that she was in the rubble initially. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. There's a lot of flags in this story. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things that I have to raise an eyebrow at. I I had a list at home as I was going through my research. Mm -hmm. Like, wait, that didn't get checked off. That didn't get checked off. This is circled in red marker. What's going on here? Mm -hmm. But we're now going to take a bit of a turn in our story. Okay. All right. Yep. So officially the NYPD, they think that she died in the towers. Collapse. Kind of. After everything settles down, they do their own investigation. The NYPD, in their investigation, they presented some details about Sneha that aren't flattering and her family does not like and they constantly, constantly are denying and putting down. 
according to the NYPD, she had a drinking problem, and she possibly was leading a double life. What's what's a drinking problem, though? <laughs> no, I just, I mean that sincerely. I mean that, for instance, a woman of my age, technically, if you consume three or more alcoholic beverages a week, you overconsume alcohol. Really? Yeah. I don't know a single person who drinks that's my age that drinks that little. Yeah. I just don't. You know, and so I think it'd be totally reasonable if I went missing for some reason that, you know, the Portland police could say, well, she did have a drinking problem because I drink way more than that. I, I, you know, so, <laughs> so I don't, do I. I, when they say things like that, I, I have a hard time. I usually take it with a pretty huge grain of salt because if they're like, well, she was at the bar four times a week and had a two shots every night, you know, like, well, okay, that's, People can do that and be totally reasonably healthy. That's it's fine. very funny that you say that because I've, I've always thought my fiance drinks mm-hmm. cider or, you know, mixed drinks, uh-huh. but she'll have one or two a week. Mm-hmm. And it always was weird to me when I would go to the fridge and I'd grab a beer and I'd say, hey, honey, you want a drink or something? She'd say, no, I'm fine. Yeah, that's weird and, to me. And at first, well, yeah, I got used to it. She doesn't, doesn't drink that yeah. much. But at first I was like, well, that's, this is really weird. Nuts, I am man. not going to be really that funny if you don't have any more to drink yeah (laughs) yeah no i mean but i think that that's one of the things i we talk about that sometimes where people say or the you know investigation reveals quote unquote that this person had a drinking problem and i always just kind of want to take that with a huge grain of salt although it does appear that her drinking actually interfered with her job at cabrini yeah Um, we'll we'll get into that but i just wanted to mention that for future past and current mysteries yes absolutely good point the NYPD, this is, this is what one of the things that they're using in their investigation to say that she's got that problem that we we're just talking about, is she was told in early 2001 that her contract, her internship with Cabrini would not be, ex- would not be renewed, and the reasons were for tardiness and alcohol-related issues. Okay. I mean, that's fair. All right. Yeah, that that does lead you to think maybe there is something mm-hmm. going on. Bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, she did land another job. Yeah. Uh, she she got another internship in internal medicine at St. Vincent's Medical Center, which was on Staten Island, which is what Joe was kind of talking about briefly mm-hmm. earlier. Well, she does seem like she was smart. She and she had she it together. A, she was a minority female, so that's that's a big. I mean, yeah. just as I'm yeah. as an honest to god fact. It is, yeah. Well, well plus, you know, I don't want to sound racist, but Indians are pretty damn smart. At least the ones that I've met. She she seemed to be very intelligent, yeah. regardless of her race or sex. She yeah. seemed to be intelligent. She never had anything in her uh, work reviews that I can find saying that she did a poor job, other than she had some personal issues. Which let's be honest who doesn't have personal issues yeah but not all of us bring it to work oh (laughs) wait are you saying i'm bringing something to the podcast oh Uh crap yep all Uh right well we'll talk about my licorice addiction later yes we will um not long after she was uh, let go from Cabrini. Let go or told she wasn't going to be renewed? I'm guessing it's after she was no longer there. Okay. I'm not sure. Read into that however you want to. Yeah. After she, was, after she was no longer there, she got into a bar fight. Or oh. a fight in a bar, I oh. should say. And ended up spending the night in jail. 
uh, which again, we've kind of, we've rationalized a few things so far. So let's rationalize this. Who hasn't found out they were getting fired or gotten fired and said, I'm going to the bar and I'm drowning to my sorrows in a glass or seven. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Who hasn't done that? Why are you two looking at me like that? Well, I, I mean, I've never been fired, so I don't know. Uh, I've I, been fired. I, I have been, so yeah, I know it's not, it's not, a, it's not a good feeling. I'm no. young. It's, there's still time. I've had very few jobs that I quit, minute. but I've had a lot of jobs. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we're going to continue on with the, the damning evidence here. Sneha also claimed that one night while out with coworkers... This is, again, out at a bar, and I can't pin down whether what the sex of this co-worker is, but one of the, her co-workers grabbed her inappropriately. I don't know what that means, mm. whether it was a smack on the bottom or a grab on the chest or attempt to kiss. I don't know. In fairness, it shouldn't matter, but it does, apparently, in this day and age. Yes, it does. If somebody says, this person touched me inappropriately, that means that they felt violated and it should be taken and um, reported as such. But, hey, yeah. Yeah. that's just my opinion, man. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure that I would go actually go to the police and, and try to get the DA to, to bring charges. Charges against somebody who for just which is what she me. did. Yeah, this is what I she guess did. I might if it were a thing that had been happening a lot of time. You know, if it were reoccurring, mm-hmm. if it you know if this person was grabbing me and grabbing me, and I kept saying like, "Hey, I'm not into that. Hey, I'm not interested. Yeah. Hey, dude, like, calm down, back off, or or chick, whatever. You know, calm down, back off. All right, seriously, I'm gonna like I'm gonna file a complaint next time. Well, yeah, yeah. That maybe would be the progression, but I would also mention that in my report. They, say uh, this has been a pattern of behavior. I wouldn't say this person touched me one time. But did she? Uh, is there any record that she ever ever took the complaint to HR? As the only to the, the only record that I have found is the report that she officially filed with the police. Well, you wouldn't report it to HR if you were out after hours with coworkers. It's not a workplace incident at that point. It, but mm. I think what Joe's getting at is if it was a workplace incident like he like you were talking about, then it would have been well, could filed it, it could have HR. just been reoccurring outside of the workplace when they, you know, you go out for drinks with coworker once a week or whatever. Mm. And this, this guy time. or girl is always weird yeah, and attempting to grab you. You or... wouldn't mention that to HR. Uh, There'd be no uh. reason to. No, but would, HR can't do anything if somebody's grabby off the grounds. Mm-hmm. That's that's outside of their, their realm. Yeah. Like they, they have no jurisdiction. But so she filed this complaint finally. She yeah. did. And the DA's office, after reviewing it, dropped the charge and turned around and they slapped on her a charge of filing a false complaint or a false report. Mm. And they said, you know, if you want to admit that this is not really what happened, we'll drop the charge against you. And she stood her ground and said, no, I'm not going to do that. And she landed herself in jail for another night. That's kind of strange that they would lock her up in jail for That's a night so for that. Weird. Because I, I don't, again, this is one of those things where I can't get a hold of the court records. And all I've got is the family's accounting of it. Mm-hmm. But the point is... According to the NYPD, once that all went down, so we've got the night of the inappropriate grab, and then she gets in trouble for it all, she continued to go out and drink, but she started frequency frequenting lesbian bars. 
That makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, there's. I, I don't think that that really matters much. I mean, her family has said, well, of course she went. This is where I get the in- impression that the grabber was a dude. Mm-hmm. She was going and hanging out bars that were full of women mm-hmm. because there's no guys there to repeat that scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- it's that's safer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She feels safe around other women, so yeah. I'll just hang out and drink here. Plus, some of the better bars in New York are lesbian bars, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she she went to some, they listed them off, and they seemed to be pretty well known in the the report that I was reading. Yeah, I've Um, never been to any of those. I've hung out in lesbian bars. I've hung out in gay bars. I mean, it doesn't matter. But but not in New York. No, no. No. I would be happy to hang out in any bar in New York. I still haven't been to New York. What? I I want to go to New York. And I still haven't gotten to go to New York and hang out for a while. This is the real intervention we're going to have after the show. I think, Sweet! Uh, maybe we should have done this show on location so you'd have an excuse to go to New York. There we go. Yeah. Sponsors? Oh, oh. yeah. There's that. Yeah. Crap. Um, <laughs> well, this, at this point in our story, if we think back to when there was that stuff about when she wouldn't always come home. Yeah. And she would stay with family members. Yeah. Well, it, it then comes out that what was happening was that Sneha was going out and then staying at the homes of people that she met in the bar, specifically at these gay bars. Mm-hmm. Ron rationalized it away and said, well, no, it, there, it was a totally platonic thing. They would hang out and talk. They would listen to music all night. Yeah, yeah, like sure. there was yeah. nothing sexual whatsoever going on here. Mm. And... I could see that, but I also have to ask, wait, if she's suddenly hanging out, she's having such a good time with all of these other women who are also into women, maybe she realizes, wait, I kind of really like women. It would also help explain the kind of, uh, I don't know, symptoms of almost mental anguish that someone might exhibit when they are realizing something large about themselves, like perhaps questioning their sexuality. And there was talk that she was experiencing depression. Yeah, you know, you know, you you maybe drink more, you get in fights, you exhibit behavior problems at work when you're realizing that this person that you thought you were this entire time, you become depressed. You you're no longer the person you thought you were, particularly coming from um an Indian background or a background that may be less welcoming of i was gonna say it's a very culturally rigid Mm -hmm. i think a a, a rigid uh, um do you know what i'm getting at i can't think of the words here but it's like you've got to hold certain track yeah of course Uh, morally rigid yeah i don't think it's quite as bad as like say saudi arabia oh no no no. (laughs) and that's not to say that like you know indians as a whole right it's like just like you can't say americans as a whole but some people are and some people aren't and you know you never know what what background somebody comes from mm-hmm. there's there's unfortunately more here of course there to throw is. mud on on this poor woman uh, there this this one her family has fought tooth and nail and denied and denied and denied but according to the nypd investigators her brother john caught his sister and his then-girlfriend in bed together at one point. Well, okay. And the fact that they've denied it so hard, right, would maybe suggest that they weren't okay with her being gay. You know, I think if you are a family that's okay with her being gay, you say, well, maybe she was. She was. Maybe she was experimenting. That doesn't mean that she disappeared for any, you know, other kind of reason than she disappeared. Yeah. 
No, no, it's it's. You don't deny it like that. No, well, that's the thing is that John has said he's like, uh, yeah, no, I never said that. I never actually even talked to the investigator who put that on paper. Have they found the quote unquote girlfriend at the time? Uh, yeah, that's the mother of his child. Oh. They got married, right? Yeah, yeah. they and got they, married. Did they talk to her? <laughs> Again, seems this, like that'd be a pretty straightforward. That would be. This yeah. is the frustrating part of this story that I've already said before is that so many of the players have been insulated and kept away yeah. from the media and from people who are asking questions. And the one person, the investigator who got in there, we can't see what he found. Yeah. So that 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 that's the part that drives me nuts. There must be some hanky stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it's maybe it's such innocuous stuff, but they're just so afraid to let anything come out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it either. But uh, yeah. Regardless, the trouble that she was having when she was at Cabrini, the the tardiness and the mm -hmm. alcohol related issues. Mm -hmm. That followed her to her new job. Of course it did. Uh, one of the things that she had to do when she was at St. Vincent's, she had to meet with a substance abuse counselor. She actually got suspended for missing an appointment with that counselor. I so, wonder if they gave her the job at St. Vincent's on condition that she I work on her problems. I would not be surprised. Yeah. That could very well be it. That she would say, hey, I got fired from my other job because of these things, and I really wanted to work on them, and you know, being upfront and honest, and they appreciated <laughs> that, and they said, all right, well, if you do counseling, then we'll... Or she didn't yeah. hide it, and they called the other, uh, other place, and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, no, this is why we let her go, because mm -hmm. you know... Hospitals talk to each yeah, other. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy killed like two dozen people. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we're, we're not going to hire yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, we called that no, guy they... the Angel of Death. That was his nickname. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I give him yeah. a glowing recommendation. Yeah, they're not, they're yeah. not going to do that. No. But, yeah. but I mean, regardless, this, so far, the last 10, 15 minutes has been super uplifting. Uh, yeah. Shall we get into theories? Yeah, yes. I suppose. Um, yeah, why not? Theory number one. Yeah. She ran away. That's mm -hmm. a theory. Yeah, okay. she ran off and joined the circus. <laughs> Not that. The theory goes that she she ran away from her life. She she wasn't happy, as we've kind of had a discussion here so far, is that she wasn't happy and maybe the drinking and staying out at night, note, without her husband, mm -hmm. may have been a symptom of that and, and the possible depression that we've touched on briefly might have been another symptom of that as well. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there are bits that say that the marriage wasn't all roses and things between the couple weren't all great. Mm. Well, they never are. I was going to say, we've rationalized a number of things so far. And one of the things I can say is that I don't know any relationship that is perfect. And people who say they have a perfect relationship are, fat liars. are, yeah. are in denial of yeah. something. I mean, yeah. people are people and there's always going to be some friction. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The other thing, as I've talked about before, with, well, things seem to be good, is who's telling the story. Yeah, Ron. Ron, yeah. Ron and her family. Mm -hmm. So we have one source of the information. The, the, the sheer coincidence of her deciding to run away the day before the World Trade Center attack, it's just too convenient for me. Mm. It's too perfect. Well, I don't, you know, it's not necessarily a coincidence, though. She might have been planning on running away, and then and then nine eleven happens, and she realizes, holy crap, I got a perfect excuse. 
Or it doesn't even have to be a planning, like a, you know, months in advance situation. It could just be she sees this thing happening and realizes I could disappear. Yeah, right true. And it would explain, right? They found all of her stuff was still in the apartment. Everything. You know, her, her credit cards, her glasses, her ID, her yeah. passport, her driver's license and passport. So everything was would, left behind. That Well, okay. I don't know why her driver's license would be left behind if she was out drinking, but... Yeah. I, I can't see how you would go shopping without your ID. You would need your ID and credit card. So I think it's probably yeah. not true that they were left at the apartment, but okay, fine. Even if they were, it, it even all the better to disappear. If you have some cash that you got, who knows how, but you got some cash. Yeah. And you just walk away from your life. You have some cash, you managed to get out someplace and you know, I don't, I don't know, do something. I've obviously never tried to plan a disappearance. So I would think that if you were planning to take off, you would maybe do a little noodling on the internet. Yeah. I think uh, have if change you, your identity and stuff like that. If you were planning again, that's that key part, right? Yes. It's that she, it wasn't just a, a runaway of advantage, if mm-hmm. you will, right? Yes. A, a great circumstance yeah. to take advantage mm-hmm. of. Because the the PI, uh, Ken Gallant, he said that he went through her, or we've been told that he went through her computer and found nothing in her history on the computer to indicate that. Now, she might have been savvy enough to wipe her browser history. Or use a yeah. different computer. Yeah, do it that. at work occasionally. Yeah, or the library. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's ways that it can be mm-hmm. done, but, but none of this stuff is there. The thing, and I know that you're probably going to jump on me a little bit for this, Devin, but the thing that she did that makes me think that maybe she wasn't intending to leave is that she had gone and spent the day with her mother several days prior to that. And when she was with her mother, she had said, this was great, and why aren't we doing this more often? Like, this was a great day. Well, that's that's one of the problems I, I have with this theory. I don't think she ran away because it appears to me that she was close to her family. And if even if she had a rocky marriage, I don't think she'd abandoned her family. But yeah. the other th- but the other thing is there's, there's always a high bar for me in this whole this whole thing about people disappearing. It depends on how much you're leaving behind. And she spent years and a lot of money getting a medical credential, mm-hmm. which she would be throwing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I don't believe it. I, but, I agree yeah. with you, but I will just say that uh, people get sentimental when they're planning to leave, right? So, you know, saying, spending time with your mom and mm-hmm. having not done that a whole lot and just saying, oh, we sh- I just wish we would do this more often doesn't necessarily mean, oh, also I'm not planning to run away. But I'm with Joe on this one. I don't think she ran away. Okay. No. no. All right. Well, that then makes us go to the next theory. Yeah. The next theory is that, in fact, she did die at the World Trade Center. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, the, the, the story of her running into the World Trade Center was made up by her brother. There is the footage of her in the apartment building entry at about the time that the plane hit. That kind of corroborates that maybe she did go and try and help and she was killed by falling debris or somehow got into the lobby of the building and was killed when it was when it collapsed or ran into the South Tower. I mean, you know. Yeah, there, there were there was a couple minutes in between. Oh yeah, at least right. I don't. Rem- I'm sorry, I don't remember. Yeah. I was young, but there was time in between. So if the one tower is burning, you run into the other one to help people evacuate from it, and then that gets hit. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Although there's... I don't think she would have run into the other one because at the time when it was only one plane that smacked into the towers, everybody thought it was an accident. True. That's true. It wasn't yeah. until the second plane hit that everybody everybody started saying WTF. Yeah. 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 That's so. that's a very good point. There's also the possibility in this theory that she did stay out somewhere else and stayed at somebody else's house that mm-hmm. night or mm-hmm. somebody else's place the night prior sure. and was walking home. Mm, yeah. So they lived only a couple of blocks away from the World Trade Center. So mm-hmm. it's possible yeah. that she was an innocent bystander when the first plane struck. Got hit by some debris. And some got hit debris. by debris and then eventually buried when the tower came down entirely. Yeah. Or there were, I'm sure there was a Starbucks in the... <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, genuinely, there, there, were, there were things in the tower, too, right? So it's possible that she just happened to be in there doing something yeah. on her way home. The, the Century 21 was across the street. Yeah. And I've seen... I will admit, I didn't dive into this because it didn't key in until mm-hmm. just this moment, is that there were people that could stay across the street from the World Trade Center, mm-hmm. so maybe she stayed over there somehow, yeah. and I, I don't know how that plays out. Mm-hmm. I can't even begin to fathom how that plays out, Yeah, but maybe somehow then she comes out and, and then whatever scenario happens yeah. happens yeah. Mm-hmm. this is this is entirely possible as well under I think, this theory i think there are some good statistics to support this theory as well there are they're actually they're really disheartening yeah but well. but here's i'll lay out a couple of bullet points of the 2606 people that were killed in the world trade center collapse so that's not counting people who were on the planes okay yeah there were about sixteen. Uh, it was six. About sixteen hundred people were never identified. The right remains were never identified. Right. Mm-hmm. There are over ten thousand tissue and bone samples that have been collected that haven't been identified. As in, they haven't been matched to a known victim, somebody mm-hmm. that was in the towers at the time. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge number of people. The other thing is that the city of New York has in their possession, at to this day, about two-thirds of the jewelry that was collected mm. from the site. Mm. When the fires were raging, it was about, it was over 2,000 degrees in the rubble. Mm. Most things like metal bands, like gold mm-hmm. and silver, those things are going to melt. Yeah. But diamonds and hard stone like that would not. So those those items were found, and some of them have been returned to family who have been able to provide documentation saying, yes, that was my wife's diamond or my husband's diamond or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. That means that it's entirely possible that we that they may be able to figure out that she was in there based on the diamonds from her rings, her earrings, and she had a necklace. Mm. So those things could have survived the temperatures. And the family has provided the documentation to the city of New York but it's really, really difficult to to, to get confirmation of. But well, it's it's yeah. still possible, still possible that it may be ID'd. But it's very tough. Well, it's, it's the, the thing about it is, is there's only so many ways to cut a diamond. 
And so matching up uh, a diamond from one of her pieces of jewelry with the diamonds that they find in the in it's kind of inconclusive. Especially if it was, you know, a necklace set from K's, right? How many women have that necklace set from K you know No, that's true. How but, many well, but uh, yeah, certainly like the diamond from her engagement ring should have been more distinctive, but that would require a serial number somehow etched on it, which I don't think they, they don't do, do that. Mm. But, so, it, but but you get a I know. I bought a diamond. You, uh, nobody get angry at me for buying a blood diamond, but I bought a diamond mm -hmm. and I got the report on it and mm -hmm. it's got all the specifics listed on it. But here's the thing. If that diamond is then in a giant fire and is being hit by rubble that is tons and tons of stuff, it may not be recognizable to that report. Also, yeah. they probably have this is super depressing, but probably there are thousands of diamonds. I mean, even if you just say half of the people that were killed in the the World Trade Center attacks were women, that still is, you know, over 2,000 people, or sorry, over 1,000 diamonds that could have been found in the rubble. The I fact think, that you go through... I think through, it's in the order of 1,500 pieces of yeah. identifiable jewelry yeah. collected. And that's insane to ask them to look and examine every single one of them and try and match it to one. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. That's insanity. Yeah, no, they, I mean... They should send them to me. I'll look. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, me too. It, it, it actually surprises me that some company that specializes in diamonds... This is a marketing PR bit, and mm -hmm. this is going to sound disgusting as soon as I say it, but for great publicity, say, we're going to donate our services, and we're going to document the, the characteristics of every stone that they have, and then we're going to try and match them to it. That's yeah. a great bit of PR. That's also a huge service to yeah. the families. It is. But, it, 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 but companies do that stuff because... Well, it's altruistic, it's yeah. but it's also great PR. It's, yeah. you know, actually, if you if you just took all the diamonds that you found and sorted them by weight, and just say, okay, well, you, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a one carat diamond? Okay, well, here's the one carat diamonds. Let's look. Let's have a look. See, I'm pretty sure yeah. that all of the really obvious ones, the very easy to identify, that that third that were identified, they were probably easy to figure out. Mm -hmm. After that, the rest of them were just kind of so kind of nondescript. You know, yeah. you've got one carrots and three quarter carrots and all these little stones at that point it's a needle in a haystack yeah it kind of is but but i think we belabored that enough yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't yeah I, i'm kind of doubting that she died in the, the died in the wtc because simply because she spent the night with somebody and uh she usually would stay with either her cousin or her brother and she didn't obviously stay with them so she stayed with somebody else that person never came forward you're uh, right. You know, and so and and so she innocently spent the night with somebody and forgot and left her bag. So you think that that person would at some point or another have come forward and said, "Hey, she slept on my couch that night." And that person never did. And that actually leads us into our next set of theories. Because mm. our next theory is actually split in half. Ooh. And that Violently? theory What's that? Violently? No. no <laughs> the next theory is that she was kidnapped and or murdered. Mm -hmm. Or how about sold into slavery? 
Uh, yeah, I didn't even go into that, Joe, yeah. and I don't really want to go into that, to be <laughs> okay, quite honest fine. with you, sir. Uh, here's here's the thing. We're going to talk about the Century 21. There was a clerk there named Sonia Mora. She came forward later on, I think it was weeks or a month later, and she said that she saw Sneha shopping there. She she knew her. She'd been there Apparently, many times. Sneha was a regular, yeah. She was a regular, if so she knew her. it was a store close to her house, she probably was. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And she said that she saw her with another woman shopping. She said she saw her in the shoe section with this woman, which unfortunately didn't have video surveillance because evidently the shoes aren't as important as the jacket section where there was surveillance footage. It's harder to steal shoes than jackets. Is it really? Yeah. You just put a jacket on and walk out like you've been wearing it. Shoes, like you have another pair of shoes, or oftentimes they'll only put one shoe out, or uh, they only have the display size out. Oh, and that's then very you're good sitting point. There, and you you got to get somebody to bring, them, bring them out to fit. Yeah, you. yeah very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it appears in the the footage that's found that she's by, that Sneha's by herself. Okay. But according to this uh, report, she was with another woman who is described as small, dark skinned, possibly in her thirties, and possibly Indian. Mm. Uh, this woman, you know, she might have been in. Uh, she might have known Sneha, but she's never come forward. And and the lead ends right there. It, it it could have been as simple as somebody that she had met before at the store. Could have been a casual acquaintance who she bumped into. It could have been somebody she didn't know and just sat there and had a conversation about. Aren't these shoes great? And the clerk immediately assumed that they knew each other. Because they looked kind of the same. And they look kind of the same. Yes. So there's there's all kinds of stuff. But if if this is true, this woman never came forward. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't know anything about her. Except yeah. that she's a murderer. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, and I got to tell you, I, I had a lot of random thoughts and ideas as I was going through this story. And one thing that I've never been able to find is a picture of her mother. And we don't know what's in the contents of their two-hour online conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would imagine this would have come out in the police report, but it's plausible. I mean, I'm, I have to wonder, did they say, let's go to the Century 21? It seems let's un- shop together. It just seems unlikely that her mother, the mother of a 30-something-year-old woman, would be described as looking like she was in her 30s as mm-hmm. well. Good point. Sorry. <laughs> There's all kinds of... St- Stereotypes where people say I can't tell one from the other. Yeah, that's a lie. And age, age is kind of hard to tell sometimes. I mean, I know women that I work with who are um, they're of Asian descent, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the first time I, I met her, I was like, "Ah, oh, she must be what in her mid thirties." No, she's in her mid fifties. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, some pe- people age differently. That's yeah, true, but... but that would be a startling. I mean. To look like you're the age that your child is is very it's That's super rare. Unusual. It's not I understand totally I agree. unheard of, but I would say that it's highly unlikely. No, I, I will not disagree with that. But I just I couldn't help but think of that. Uh, the other th- the other thing is though, is it couldn't have been her mother because her mother would have said something. Absolutely would have said something. Yeah. yeah. I, I think would... in a heartbeat she would have said something. Again, oh. this is one of those things that just popped in my head and I had to ask. Yeah, it's it's hard to say what a relationship, if anything, to this woman was. I yeah. mean, it's hard to say if they were just like, you know, 
two people who just chatted for 30 seconds. To, yeah. You know. And it could have been as, as simple as that. But let's move to the other half of she was kidnapped slash murdered. Uh, it's entirely possible that she was just the victim of a random murder. She was known to go to a bar, whether it was a bar that was of men and women or women only, and have a drink or several drinks. Mm -hmm. And it's possible that she sat down next to someone, female or male, who lured away from the bar or who randomly followed her home and attacked her. She could have been unfaithful and went home with somebody who was capable of murder. I mean, these things are entirely possible. But the odd part of that is that her body never showed up mm. and we've, we've had a lot of conversations recording this podcast about how hard it is to really do a good job of hiding a body. Yeah. It's New York. It's full of dark cubby holes where you can stuff things that don't show up for years. Yeah. I get that. But mm. most people who kill aren't that good at thinking ahead, especially in a time when, I mean, it seems like this, city was being pretty scoured for bodies not you know world trade center notwithstanding there were all those you know nine thousand missing people reported the nypd is going to go out and be like all right well i guess we'll check every dumpster today you know i guess we'll check every within well, their ability are you, within their about, ability. are you talking about checking every dumpster in the city because of 9-11 just no. Well, no. I'm not because of the terrorist attacks necessarily, but to help try to determine if the people that were reported were actually in the World Trade Centers, or, or if they had been just murdered and put in the yeah, or you know, you know, were drunk asleep on the corner. You know, just... last time I saw Joe, he was at Jonesy's bar and he was talking to this ruffian, and then I didn't see him again. So they're going to go to Jonesy's bar and they're going to rifle through the dumpster in the back just to check. And I don't, you know, that just comes from what makes sense to me is that that's how you whittle something like that down. That's how you come up with an accurate number. Is mm -hmm. you prove that the other people who you, you kind of pursue all avenues of people being reported missing. Mm -hmm. So you're doing probably more investigation than typical. You're going to run into bodies more frequently, you would think. You would yeah. think. Um, yeah. But also I but... can see the total opposite. They were stretched thin and... It's totally possible that... I actually have a thing. feeling that that is more accurate. They is were stretched. Stretched, so... But you can also... There are ways to get rid of bodies. I mean, there, there really are. There mm. are, but mm. not everybody knows how to do that. Mm. And I get... If this is true, it's going to be kind of a crime of opportunity... Absolutely. ...rather than a crime of planning. Hmm. Crime of opportunity usually ends up being messy and leaving all kinds of clues. Yeah. Well, you'd certainly, you know, you would, you would think that somebody, if you wanted to say murder her, would just have murdered her and left the body to be found. Exactly. But, you know, supposing he murdered her, stashes the body behind a bush, goes away. And this is, remember, they lived in the battery. They lived very close to the water, very close to the, to the docks. And so... You know, you go you go away. You find you find a bunch of chains and weights, and come back. You know, and wait the body down and just pitch her off a pier and never be found again. I mean, yeah. not for years. No. Anyway. No. I yeah. No. I I, I totally get where you're going. Mm -hmm. It's just it doesn't seem that likely to me. 
No, not really. I mean that 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 seems Unless... to in, infer a lot of planning, mm-hmm. and especially in the aftermath of the World Trade Center events. Let's say, okay, let's just run down that al- that that rabbit hole for a minute. You kill somebody, and you got him. You got the body in your apartment, and you're trying to figure out how to get it to the docks. And then a f- plane flies into a freaking building, and the city is a zoo. How are you going to sneak around with a body rolled up in a rug to use the the old mob joke? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's really not as easy to do because everybody's looking at everything that's going on, and they're all wigged out. Actually, that'd be the one time you could just you could actually you know throw a body over your shoulder in a fireman's carry and then be going down the street saying, "Oh my God, she's hurt really bad. I got to get her to the hospital." You could actually. That's true. Do that. <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. When no, you make those be, kind of observations, it really creeps me out. It, it, yeah. it, it might actually be a, a sheer coincidence that maybe she was murdered and then, and then stuffed in a dumpster at the World Trade Center just by sheer coincidence. Yeah. Well, I keep, yeah. you know, trying to hold back from saying something like, well, it's also not entirely impossible that she mm. was lured and murdered in the World Trade Center. I mean, yeah. the huge, huge buildings with lots and lots of offices, if somebody were... You know, if she met somebody in that area and they worked there and they said, all right, sweetie, let's go back to my place, you know, yeah. let's go to my office and do the hanky-panky and one thing led to another. I mean, it's not impossible. It's not mm-hmm. probable, but it's not impossible. No. And that's that's the hard part. Yeah. It's not impossible. Yeah. Let's go to what I'm going to say is... A completely self-made theory. Yeah. I have come up with this all on my own. I think it's original content. It's original content because nobody else is putting this out there. Yeah. And I don't see this anywhere else. But I'm going to say the last theory is that she was killed by her husband. I think it's not a bad theory. The NYPD did investigate Ron. And as I've already said several times, all we know about his wife is from him and her family. But the NYPD looked into him and they ruled him out at some point in their investigation. I don't know how. Sure. I don't know what they had. But there's there's, there's more red flags that are coming up. One red flag is that there was a call made from their home phone at 4 a.m. on the 11th to his cell phone. He has explained that away as saying, well, I don't remember doing it, but I must have got up in the middle of the night and checked my voicemail. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, why would you check your voicemail without your cell phone? Well, it was it was the early 2000s. Every yeah. phone companies yeah. were charging you minutes for all usage. Call your voicemail. That counts against your minutes. Yeah, so, sure every, you know, I worked for a cell phone company at that mm-hmm. point. We used to tell people, mm-hmm. call, check your voicemail from your own phone. You'll yeah. save your minutes. Yeah. So that that's, that's kind of understandable. I can kind of get that. Mm. I can kind of mm. get it. I, Except the, the, the problem with that is, is that... You know, I'm, I'm trying to put myself back into the year 2001. You would think he'd be able to just look at his cell phone without actually dialing anything and tell and if he's got tell, telling him, and it would true. say if he's got voicemail or not. I thought of that too. 
I, I'm not even I, – I can't even – I mean that's uh, – suddenly we're going to branch out into a thousand eventualities if we yeah. start saying, well, maybe he was out of battery or maybe this was going on or that was go- – maybe they were in a dead spot. I mean there's there's all kinds of things and mm. I've, I've kind of held back from some of that. I guess I will just say that – I don't know about you guys, but if I wake up in the middle of the night worried about my significant other enough at least to call my voicemail, to be cognizant enough – to call my voicemail from my home phone to check my voicemail, I'm going to remember that the next morning. You would think. You would I'm think. not going to just be like, well, I guess I might have called my cell phone voicemail. Some, keep, you're going to remember. Some people are different that way, Keep though. in mind, though, he got in around midnight, and he had to get up and leave his house at like 6 or 6.30. So we're talking four hours of sleep sure. to then go back to sleep and sleep for a couple of I've hours. Done, I mean, I do, I do that fairly regularly. I, 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 you know, I, but that's, and again, it's just me, but yeah. no, most no, 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 people no. I know, I think, will say things like, oh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was so worried about this person. And then I went back to sleep. Not even like I got out of bed and went on the phone and called my voicemail and remembered to not use my cell phone and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So yeah. for me, that's a, it's a red flag. A little bit. But uh, the other thing is, does Sneha have a phone? Does she have a cell phone? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if she had a cell of her own. I, yeah. I haven't seen anything about that. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about it either. I mean, and, and in 2001, I mean, cell phone usage was not nearly as ubiquitous as it is today. No. Obviously. No, it may have been that he had splurged and got one, or maybe he had one from work, but mm. she didn't get one or didn't qualify for one through work. I mean, there's a, yeah, I mean, not, it wasn't nearly as prevalent. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go on though. Here's a fact I've been holding back. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm 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 a jerk like that. Yeah. Uh, I I talked about a little bit of that it wasn't all sunshine and roses between them. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember that charge that she filed that then backfired and and ended up as a charge against her? Yeah. Okay. She had a court appointment on the morning of the 10th for that charge. Okay. So Ron had left the apartment to go to work at like noon or one. But that morning they had gone to court. Oh, he went with her. He went with her. And, you know, it didn't go well. And she she pled not guilty, saying that she didn't do it. So, of course, now she's got to face the whole litany of the legal process. Mm Mm-hmm. What I'm about to tell you, though, as with so many other things in this story, that the family is denying, but the NYPD police report is saying is that the couple had a big fight or a huge fight outside of the courtroom after the fact, and Ron was really mad at her because she was abusing drugs and alcohol, and she was having sex with other people, bisexual. So either she was having sex with women, or she was having sex with men, or both. Mm. I don't know. Uh, But in that accounting, according to the NYPD, she got angry, and she stormed out of the courthouse. And she left. Which he denies, of course. Oh, yeah. He he says that's not what happened at all. Under his recounting of the whole thing, they had lunch before he left to go to work, correct? Correct. Yeah, they had lunch. And they went out for lunch, correct? Yep. Does anybody know what restaurant they went to? Is there any way to back that up? He didn't say? He didn't say. He didn't remember? Again, 
He didn't say. Yeah. <sighs> My biggest gripe with his entire story is he didn't say. And yeah. that's what's going to lead us into the end of this theory, which may, <laughs> may get us in trouble or may light some fires. I don't know. But what what if Ron killed her? Yeah. He's the only person who has said most of the information we've given. And he's the only one who said that she wasn't home that night of the 10th. And, and mm -hmm. that's entirely possible. Mm -hmm. But let's flip the tables. What if he wasn't home? What if he was out late and she called his cell phone at 4 a.m. And he came to a very angry wife saying, where the hell have you been? I mean, it's it's completely possible. Or or she called him and said, where are you? And he was still angry from the morning, came home drunk and angry. Yeah. Annoyed even more because she had the gall to call him to see where he was. And then something happened, mm -hmm. whether intentional or not, yep. something happened and, and she died from it. Or, I mean, there's there's also, because, again, he censored everything, maybe she was having an affair with someone, male or female. And, by the way, if you ever get on the forums, the forums are lit up with the fact that she was obviously having an affair because she was out, uh. not with her husband. And I don't buy into that so much. Mm -hmm. But let's say she was having an affair. Let's say he knew she was having an affair and she got home late or he got home late drunk. Same scenario plays out. They get into a fight because everything is brewing and suddenly she dies for whatever happens. Mm. And then he's 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 forced to try and hide a body. And it just happens to be that this city goes crazy the next day. Mm -hmm. And it, as Joe pointed out, maybe that makes it easier to hide a body. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, really, my point is, is we only have one source of information and we, we've railed against that on so many yeah. stories before. Yeah. It's and frustrating. Yeah. I, I have to be honest. This one is such a heart wrenching story that it took me about five reads through everything before suddenly the source stood out mm -hmm. as possibly the suspect. Yeah. And that's why I, I think that most people have not pointed at Ron because he is viewed as collateral damage. Or he's, a victim. He's the victim, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And and whether I'm right or wrong, I, I really hope I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but I kind of I, I kind of doubt that he's he killed her. But I, I think it's more likely that somebody else killed her, some random type of person. And I don't yeah. know if Ron's seeing anyone. I haven't seen anything. The last article about the story, I think it's two years old, and which would make that 10 plus year, 10, 12 years later. He's, and they don't mention that, which you think they would if he had finally met somebody again. And they don't say that, which... Makes you think that maybe he really is the victim in this story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, the other thing about it is, is that uh, when last heard of Ron's, Ron, uh, I, I don't know if they owned or rented that apartment in the Battery. I think they rented. They it. rented it. Yeah, he gave up the apartment. Oh yeah. And moved in with her parents. Yes. In, in upstate New York, 
And the thing about it is, is that if he went ballistic on her one night and wound up killing her accidentally or not, then there almost certainly would have been a prior history of domestic violence. And since she was so close to her family, they would know. They wouldn't have known about yeah. it. And he probably, you would hope they would know. He probably wouldn't be all that welcome in their home. It's hard. It's always hard to tell with domestic abuse, but yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe and she I don't even want to speculate no. on that. Maybe she would have kept it quiet. I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's, there's no obviously. There's no reason to think that he was he was abusive. I think honestly, the best scenario in this is that she was out late night. Just crashed on someone's couch, left her stuff there, came home, the buildings were collapsing, and she thought, oh, I better go help, and then died trying to rescue people. That's the And that person didn't know who she was, so they couldn't say, mm-hmm. I found your wife's bags in my apartment when yeah. she crashed on my couch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but um, that's the other thing, though. The bag is going to have a receipt in it. And no, it isn't. You don't think so? It could be so? in her wallet. Well, yeah, I mean... Well. You, I would How many times do you get a receipt and you throw it in the trash can as you walk out of the store? I never do that. I throw it in the trash can when I get home. I do it all the time. I just ask for no receipt. But in those days, you do. You would. You get always a got a receipt. But I. But most people, as I, you know, I worked in retail about that time, and nine times out of ten, you would say, "Do you want the receipt with you in the bag?" And they'd say, "With me, please. With me, please. With me, please." And uh-huh. then they stuff it in their pocket. Safe. Yeah, or they stuck it in their wallet and then came home and put it in their, you know, little ledger mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. That's what my parents did. <laughs> I usually just, I usually just stuff it in the bag, you know, and deal with it when I get but, home. But right. Yeah, but but it may have been on her but, is yeah, the point. It, it's possible. But, yeah. But well, I, I, yeah, I have to say, and I understand why the why the family wants to believe that she heroically died in the, in the Trade Center. And that's she may the, very that's well the, have. That's the, yeah, that's... That's what makes you feel better to fall asleep at night. Yeah, yeah I guess, sorry not to like belabor the point too much. In fairness, if it wasn't her that was in the surveillance tape on the 11th, she could have been walking home, saw the plane crash, had her bags, ran in with bags, dropped them, or dropped them on the street or whatever. That's true, too. I'm sure that all of the stuff that was left on the streets by people trying to save people mm-hmm. wasn't inventoried super well. Yeah. You know, and may or have been picked through or whatever. Or, yeah. 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 Or was so, just too trashed to mm-hmm. really be worth saving. But, yeah. But, again, the, the problem, I, the big hitch that I have with that story is that no one knows who she spent the night with or where she spent the night at. Yeah. But nobody, again, nobody has come forward. I I have got to admit that I have met somebody and had too much to drink and crashed on their couch and woke up in the morning and they were still crashed out and I went where am I? I gotta go. And it's not like I met them and I gave them all of my pertinent details the night before. The other thing, mm. All right? they knew was my name was Steve and I was some silly looking dude with a goatee and then I beat feet mm. before they woke up. Yeah, it, In it fairness, is, is possible, yeah. there weren't posters of you posted around, right? They no. Yeah. <laughs> that person would see that poster and think, oh, that, that's that girl. Also, in fairness, you don't necessarily go to the bar with bags full of like comforters and bedding and stuff. That's the other right? thing. That's a little yeah. odd, don't you think? I yeah. don't know. There's, I think there's just so much odd with this story that there's not a good answer. But I just, I think that for my own peace of mind, I want to believe that she, uh, she died. rushed to help. She, yeah, she died helping people. I mm-hmm. and I want yeah. to believe that too. Yeah, that, I, I do. That's too. the way I want to believe. I do I, too, but I don't quite believe it. I, yeah, I have yeah. a hard time. There's so many yeah. other things. But before we belabor anything else and yeah. we go down any other rabbit holes, we're we're gonna call this one done. So for anybody who wants to listen to 
any other episodes we have or read any of the links pertaining to this story, you can find all of that on our website, which is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes if you, and most people do, but if you find us on iTunes, do please take the time to subscribe, leave a comment and a rating because that'll help other people find us. Mm. We are going to be on just about every streaming service known to man at this point. I don't even know how many there are out there, but I... Thousands. I've, I've stopped looking. Yeah. We'll stop adding us. Find us on there. You can subscribe through whatever podcast app you lo- use. Uh, we're on Facebook, so we've got the Facebook page and the Facebook group. Again, this story, I had a great conversation on the Facebook group a couple months back, which is why it's finally coming through, is because I was doing all the back research on it. But those are the kind of things that you'll get to read and and participate in on the group. Uh, We are on Twitter. It's thinking without the G sideways because there's that character limit. Silly Twitter. Uh, (laughs) You can always go ahead and send us an email. If you want to send us an email, our email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and of course, we have shirts and mugs and all of that kind Merch of stuff. Merch type stuff. Yeah. Merchandise. Nightlights. Yes, that is all available through Zazzle. If you go to our website on the right-hand side, you'll see a link to Zazzle. It's right above the donate button, and you can get anything off of there. And I think that's all of the good information that we need to give all of these good people. Mm, right, yeah. guys? Sounds about so. right. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, so anyway, another mystery solved. Is that it, we overlooked one possibility. Oh, we did. Yeah. Do- the chupacabra. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh. Hello. It's staring you right in the face, dudes. Always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always staring us in the face. Well, okay. Anyway, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. It's been great, and wait with bated breath. Next week, we have a big reveal. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's yeah, going to yeah. be great. Yes, it's so good. It's going to be great, but... I'm so excited. We're not going to tell you about it now. We're going to make you wait another seven days. Uh-huh. So, bye. Yeah. Bye, guys. Ta-ta.